Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. Now we move to the world of work and the way we approach the working day has changed. Also, how we recruit people has been radically transformed over recent years. And increasingly, companies are using something called talent analytics to pick, choose and select their staff. Um, sometimes this can have a certainly creepy elements. Some people find it quite controversial. Other people find it as a best tool you can get to getting the right people. So what does it all mean? A new book concentrates on that. It's called The Future of Recruitment, using the new science of talent analytics to get your hiring right. And one of the authors is here live with us on the programme today, and that is Francisca Lutner. She is a lecturer in occupational psychology at Goldsmiths College University of London. Good afternoon to you, Francisca. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so nice to be on today. It's very good to have you as well, because everyone is either in a job or moving to a job if they're in the workforce. So everyone has an interest in this area. And lots of people have had bad experiences dealing with HR and personnel departments over the years. And this whole area of talent analytics is now a new twist in the story and a very interesting development in getting hiring right. Can you just give us a little um, kind of flavour or definitional set up on what is talent analytics for a start and then we can kind of delve into all the issues that that hang out of that yes sure so talent analytics can describe a whole bunch of things you can summarize it as making decisions about people based on data so it's kind of doing all the things that organizations managers leaders have been doing forever but using data to do that Um, the area we focus on in the book is recruitment So using data about your applicants, maybe using algorithms or technologies to improve how we hire people. Um, But you can also use talent analytics in the organization to figure out where you should allocate people to different projects, figuring out how your workforce is behaving, helping you with workforce planning. Um, So lots of areas in the organization where you can use data to make better decisions and hopefully improve the performance of your organization. As you say, that that initial gatekeeping role that companies have where they, they exercise a certain amount of selection criteria when they pick their candidate is a very important part. But equally, if they don't get that sieve right initially, they could be overlooking some great candidates. The traditional sort of paradigm in this area was to get people in, interview them, and from the interview, you can kind of deduct uh, you know what what you think of this person could they fit in with the team can they make a contribution are they likely to bring something new or extra value to the organization but are you nervous and do you discover and explore this in your book uh, the idea of giving it over to artificial intelligence tools does that make you nervous that we're kind of seeding the agency over this to to, to these technology tools or are you generally overall reasonably comfortable with that idea Yes, so hiring is super important. The EU is now classifying it as a high-risk scenario for using algorithms because it has such a huge impact on the lives of individuals who are applying, but it's also really shaping our organizations. So when you look at many companies today, they have a problem with diversity, gender, and different ethnicities, and hiring is the first step at achieving a more diverse organization, let's say. So it's not just about getting the best talent in, but also making sure you're not missing good talent just because they don't belong to certain groups. And we've seen that humans are notoriously bad at that. So when you use human-based recruitment systems, like you have hiring managers who make decisions, they tend to end up with quite a biased workforce. 
And that's for a whole lot of reasons. They have very complex decisions to make. They have to make them really quickly. Often we don't have enough time to fully evaluate a candidate. There's only so many things you can pick up on in a recruitment process. And so the way I see it is that the algorithms really can help recruiters get more information, get it quicker, and get better information about really the talent of an applicant, rather than having to rely on shortcuts like they went to a great university or they have the same hobby as me or they look similar to me. Um, so for me, algorithms and hiring or any technology in hiring really has a huge potential in helping recruiters make better decisions and organizations get more talented people in. And, and and despite that, and I think you've got strong kind of cold rational logic there behind you, but despite that, people feel kind of uncomfortable. You get a sense that, you know, to apply for a job is, is a big deal for anyone, right? Moving job is a big deal. It's a big moment in a career development plan or and in someone's life more generally. And we feel kind of nervous or I, I don't know what word to use with it, about it, but we feel different about entrusting that decision to an AI tool. Is that just an innate human thing, do you think? Or do you think we actually should be a little bit sceptical about handing over that important life decision to, to essentially machines? Yes, you should absolutely be sceptical. And it all depends on how good the algorithm is, right? So if we have an algorithm that's looking at completely random things that should have nothing to do with your job performance, then we should be very sceptical. Um, so it all depends on the detail of what the algorithm is used for, what it's measuring, and whether it's measuring it accurately. So when you're applying somewhere, or indeed when you're recruiting and you're wanting to use an algorithm, you need to ask, what is this algorithm assessing? Why is it connected to the job that I'm hiring for, the organization that I'm hiring for? Then you need to explain that to your applicants and you need to be able to provide some information about how well the algorithm is performing. And there's reason to be worried as an applicant that, you know, is the algorithm accurate? How is it really working? But at the same time, you can put your mind at ease as well because this is a highly regulated area. So what people often aren't aware of is that recruitment is regulated. And in particular, when you use what we call assessments or algorithms in recruitment, they are regulated. Regulated so by we, who? Sorry, Francisca, just to give our, our listeners an idea. Who, who's regulating it? Yes. Yeah, so we have, for example, in the UK, we have the British Psychological Society. In the US, there's a Society for Industry and Organizational Psychology. And then typically countries have organizational bodies or standards that they have for the use of psychometric tests or assessments. And you have to, it's clearly defined how you have to prove that the assessment is fair and judging people belonging to different groups similarly. Um, and in the EU in particular, they've just passed a new, or they're in the process of passing new guidelines for the use of algorithms, and they pay special attention to the use of algorithms in recruitment. And recruitment is classed as a high-risk area. So when you use algorithms in recruitment, you have to go through extra steps of showing that they're fair and they're not discriminating people in different groups. And Francisca, um, on our programme today, we've been highlighting and, and really kind of coming in with a laser on shortages in various pockets of the economy, dentistry of all places a few minutes ago there. I mean, the, the things you're talking about, the algorithms, Google, of course, are legendary for putting candidates through eight or nine, you know, at times, mm -hmm. rounds of interviews, extraordinarily onerous um, burden on, on those potential recruitees. Do you think the fact that the labour market is so tight in the US, the UK, the EU, Ireland in particular at the moment, does that change the dynamic of what you're talking about, where 
you're kind of putting a heavy burden on candidates well that's understanding a loose labor market where candidates are kind of in control of the board and have a lot more power than they had maybe five or ten years ago you know is is that the right thing to be doing maybe you should be almost sort of loosening controls and 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 trying to get more people in to talk to you and be, be meet the, the team they might be joining what, what's your um what's your reaction to that idea Yes, that's actually a very good point that's often missed as well when we talk about algorithms and recruitment. They have a very limited use case for companies who receive, you know, thousands of applications and they need to have an initial step where they reduce that from 10,000 to maybe 5,000 that can then be reviewed by their hiring team. So when you have a smaller company or you have a company that doesn't receive as many applications, you wouldn't use these algorithms typically. Um, so they have this kind of high volume application use case. When you're in a labor market where everyone's struggling for applicants, their importance kind of goes down a bit. And then you should focus more on using you know, technology to source more candidates um, and making the application process more appealing. So I'm also really excited about technology in recruitment in general, not just you know, the more sophisticated algorithms, but also what we can do to help recruitment managers make everything yeah. easier by just having platforms where they see all of their sure. candidates. Because remember, if you come from a different perspective, you could argue this case, which is everyone who doesn't land a role with that company goes off back into civilian life, if you want to call it that. So from a company point of view, when you say no, which you inevitably have to, you're saying no to somebody that could be a consumer of the company, that could be a stakeholder of the company, that could interact with the company again. So it, it that experience and what they get from it, and if they just get an automated no, you know, that can affect their relationship and the reputation they have of that company in the future. So it's not just we run a recruitment, we get our four or five successful candidates and we move on. All those that didn't get the job kind of matter as well and could have unusual effects on that company down the line. Yes, we call that design for the disappointment, but for the disappointed, sorry. So in recruitment, most people end up being disappointed. So your process has to be as fun and engaging as possible. And again, there's new technology you can use if you do have to use assessments to make that more engaging and quicker. You can use game-based assessments. You can use the kind of video interviews and all of that can help you reduce steps as well. You know, when you think about the big organizations that have lots of different steps, like you mentioned, Google, you can use technology to, to reduce those steps down, making life easier for applicants. Because the easier the application process, the less harsh the disappointment when you don't get the job, which most people won't get the job, right? Okay, Francisca, thank you very much. Francisca Lutner, who is the lecturer in occupational psychology at Goldman Smith's College, the University of London. 